0: Hello, hi it's Imogen here and I'm with my guest Shay Seaborn for the second of our conversations um, around trauma and stress and the Alexander Technique body intelligence. Um, For today's uh, conversation our specific topic is about building resilience in the face of the kind of pandemic stress and trauma um, situation. And we'll talk more about that. I think um, to me, it's very obvious that this is a stressful um, situation for most people. Um, uh, But Shay has some insights of how that could actually be, we might be in a pre-traumatic state or some of us might be and how that can lead to trauma and we've also got five um easy things that really anyone can do to kind of help build resilience in the face of um stress and trauma so shay um, um is a trauma survivor um but um is a trauma awareness activist right that this is this is um i guess kind of a passion for you right now that um, um, is a purpose. And um, you have said to me that you, your goal is to come out of the pandemic better off than when you started. Um, and I think I I think I agree, I think that's possible, and I'd like to hear more about that later. Um, but for the first question, we talked about stress and trauma, Um, what are, what's the difference? What's the similarity? How do they relate to each other? Could you just tell us a little bit about how you see that? Yeah.
1: Um, Well, there's no, um, there's no, uh, consensus among experts where, uh, stress ends and trauma begins. Mm -hmm. Generally stress is not necessarily a negative, uh, experience uh, most of life is some kind of stress. You know, we need to, to do things and get through things. Uh, and when we have the resources to deal with that typical kind of stressor, everything comes along and, you know, we have our little hiccups, but we keep going along and and our, our um, functionality is not impaired. Uh, so it's definitely a continuum. Uh, That's cool. chronic stress on one end, and post-traumatic stress, or even complex traumatic stress, post-traumatic stress on the other. Um, and for me, I think the difference is, you know, where those, where the um, the indicators, the symptoms, uh, become uh, start to impinge on your daily functioning. To me, that's where the trauma would start, uh, mm. especially if it's gone over a, a couple of weeks or longer, because then it's becoming a pattern in the system, and. Go ahead
0: yeah no that's really interesting I'm, I'm kind of thinking of stress from an alexander technique point of view where we're not only looking at my the mind and the emotional stress it's stress well it's all interconnected right mm-hmm. um, um and while i wouldn't call it trauma a lot of people's stress that they can manage and get through um at a certain level when it becomes more chronic that's putting um chronic tension patterns through the body that um you might not call it trauma or stress but you might call it back pain or Mm -hmm. or, um, so i i i guess that's somewhere along this yes um, actually um, a lot mm -hmm. of
1: symptoms of Mm -hmm. of trauma are physical like that mm-hmm. particular types of pain, especially if they're persistent uh, or tend to flare up when you know additional stressors are on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. It, it's yeah. very compatible with you know trauma theory. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: that's interesting. And I don't want to say that all back pain means that, <laughs> um, not, no, <laughs> yeah, um, um, you know. We could just be sitting on the on, at the computer all day in a, <laughs> in a horrible way, which can cause stress, but a, probably not a traumatic state. Um, thing. um <laughs> Yes. Um, so with what is going on right now with COVID-19 and the pandemic, um, you had mentioned to me how you're seeing signs of this sort of pre trauma I, I I don't know if I'm using the right terms, mm-hmm. the pre traumatic state or or the beginnings of trauma um, in some people that you know even or kind of um,
1: yeah so so it, some, well, yeah it starts ahead. out with you know shortened temper and and shortened attention span, uh, forgetting things, um, and those are. Those are very uh, typical because our brains are preoccupied with all the distressing things that we're trying to figure out how to navigate. Um, So when, when that really interferes with your life, uh, you want to, you want to make sure that you um, don't let it there. And that's what I find is so wonderful about Alexander technique is it can help us avoid that trap of, of being, you know, caught up in the fear cycle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have noticed a few of those things in myself, like the kind of like being more snapping, maybe, you know, at my husband probably.
1: (laughs) People you're cooped up with, yes. (laughs) Um,
0: um, However, I do have a tool that I don't, I can kind of see it and I don't hopefully just stay in that pattern. It's, it's more, a moment or two, or even half an hour of being in a bad
1: mood, <laughs> um, but it's not a a constant state. Um, of course not, because you have Alexander to help mm-hmm. you come back to mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. the present and and the embodied state where mm-hmm. most of the time you're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a constant threat. So, uh, um. Yeah. When, when we learn how to respond to stress, then we don't have to react to it in ways that give us blowback by, you know, like saying things that you regret to your husband or whatever. Yes. <laughs> you know, um,
0: I guess we, the goal is that it's not that these things might not happen, but it's that you don't then keep feeding, um those patterns or yes, get that's, yeah that's yeah um, that's exactly
1: the thing i love most about mm-hmm. alexander is you can use it uh any time to to change that cycle of distress to get yourself mm-hmm. off the trauma track and onto a healthy track that's gonna actually most people probably can if they understand the biology of fear and the resources we have to deal with it rather than react to it um can come out Better at the yeah. end of this, which will be a year or so, probably. According, yeah, to, uh, I
0: think well, it's certainly going to be a, a long while before things are "quote unquote" normal again. Which that's a whole other um, <laughs> yes. conversation. Whether we want it, it to be what was, but um, but still more a, no, a more normal way of, of living out lives and interacting with other human beings and I think one of the things you've mentioned too which I think a lot of us recognize is um, one of the um, normal ways we get comfort and support is through you know other people that we love our friends mm-hmm. our family and you know hugs and um uh, that kind of close and of course that's one thing that for the most part if you're not in the household sorry with people that. yeah uh, well we didn't hear whatever you're sorry about. oh good
1: yay <laughs> <laughs> my, my computer's ringing because i turned my phone off so it wouldn't disturb us i think because you've got your headphones in that maybe it. Yeah. cut that out nice. that's great <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, well actually but that's an interesting thing because it can be little things like that which are normal irritations that can mm. flare right out of
1: proportion right and how you yes. react to them and that's um, actually a really good benchmark if you find mm-hmm. yourself flaring up a lot more than you usually do or if you flare up pretty often anyway mm-hmm. that's a sign of of underlying stress and and it would be a really good idea to you learn how to manage that. And, and well, as one of our topics is how to express your feelings appropriately. Um, yeah. First, you yes. have to be in touch with what's going on inside of you. And for me, Alexander really helps with that. Um, it, it helps me uh, recognize and pay attention to what's happening in my felt sense and in my emotional states. So maybe we should go straight
0: into, because I think that's the first of the five things that we wanted to, um, that you'd identified as being key things for yourself that mm-hmm. help support you, but they're very easy. I guess there's kind of different levels. You can go into them, but there's, mm-hmm. they're quite accessible. So um, the first one I have written down was what you mentioned that you recognize your feelings and can express them Appropriately, Um, do you want to say anything else about that? You kind of Uh, talked about it.
1: (laughs) We we are emotional animals, emotional Mm -hmm. creatures, and uh, we have uh, strong reactions to uh, particular things, especially if they're um, uh, related to people that we love or uh, things that we feel strongly about. So, uh, if we have a strong reaction to something and we try to hold it in, uh, that can, uh, set in the nervous system and make it, uh, you know, like, why are you for tra- traumatic stress? Uh, studies of, um, of, uh, first responders show that if they are able to express their terror, disgust, horror, uh repulsion or whatever they're feeling when they come to this horrific accident scene if they're able to express it in that time they don't end up with ptsd it's the repression of it because you're, you're not completing the trauma release cycle if you're stuffing it in so um so the appropriately
0: seems quite an appointment important word because obviously if the first responder came to the scene and completely flipped out because it's so endless, that wouldn't be very helpful to them actually um responding as a first responder should right Um, so are you talking about be just some way of expressing or having a moment of um Tears, or
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, if you um, can just stop for a second and recognize uh, your inner state and go, Oh, this mm -hmm. is horrible, this is terrifying. I have this feeling in my body that can make a big difference. I don't know the details of exactly how the first responders do it. Uh, I'd like to know because it's probably some really good techniques. But Mm -hmm. one of the things I've learned through um, my work with my uh, somatic experiencing therapist is that um, when you uh, imagine you're screaming as loud as you can. Your body doesn't know the difference, mm. but your voice box does. <laughs> so, if you you know see a horrific traffic accident and you can't you know I guess if you're wearing all your uh, PPE as a first responder, you could go <laughs> and <laughs> nobody would know, <laughs> but your body would feel that tr- that yeah. stress release and to help you process through to, you know, being able to take care of that person after you took care of yourself.
0: Um, I'm, I'm, was it also noticed when you were speaking, you were all, it sounded like um, you were also describing being able to be an observer of your own feelings, um, not just being in them like you, I am noticing for instance, that I Feel very upset by this, or which is different from just feeling it and maybe repressing it. And mm-hmm. th- there's that level of, I mean, that's a mindfulness tool being able to it observe is. what you're feeling or thinking. And it helps you um, acknowledge it without being kind of right in it. Um, exactly. It's uh, a yeah. very
1: important thing to learn how to do. Yeah. Yeah and, and that again of- Alexander <laughs> helps me do
0: that. <laughs> yeah I mean Alexander is a really wonderful tool for helping you become a better observer of yourself and mm-hmm. what's going on in you mentally physically emotionally
1: so yes yeah. without any pressure or any judgment or any coercion it's really wonderful.
0: Yeah actually I'm glad you said that cuz I think the other important thing um in this And maybe that's all part of the being able to express appropriately is self compassion as a component, because we can also beat ourselves up. Oh, no, I shouldn't be feeling angry now or and then you've just added this layer of other frustration on top. um, That's. That's um, and judgment and mm-hmm. you know yeah that kind of self
1: judgment can be actually worse than than the original situation especially if you perpetuate it against yourself for years mm. I should have done this you know for years afterward um, that's just just yeah. setting it's it's cultivating inside you uh, uh, the same uh, uh, environment of of fear that cause the original problem. Right.
0: Okay, so that's um,
1: um, a
0: tip or key thing. Number one is to be able to recognize and express your feelings appropriately. So number two, um, I've put, you wrote to me, focus on things that invoke a feeling of goodness inside you. So, would you care to elaborate on that? I like I like the sound of
1: it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it it um it it's kind of like Alexander, where it's it's you know open ended. It it's all about what what your needs are and how you respond to things. Um, uh, some people think they feel good when they're uh, using their you know all caps and and. Telling somebody off or you know pulling a power play on somebody or trying to control other people that's not really feeling it might make you feel good basically what you're doing is enjoying a dopamine rush, which is um, you know very reptilian kind of a of a, um, pleasure uh, but we have you know a two brains higher than that, and we can enjoy um, interpersonal um interactions at a very different level than an alligator
0: (laughs) um go ahead that's really interesting thinking about that again from my alexander perspective um and you know if i was working with someone for instance who was doing that of course they would have to be open to this yes Um, but i would have them notice what's going on in their body when they're engaged in these angry responses online or, mm-hmm. you know, letting rip on somebody or whatever it is, um, because I suspect there's a lot of
1: tension in that. Um, oh, you, yeah. You know, you just even <laughs> when you're talking about it, I can yeah. see you tensing up some. Yeah, like because you're, it, you know, that feeling. We all do. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, and, and actually, that's really key.
0: And I think it, um, might and actually, tie into your next point. Yes,
1: <laughs> well, I, actually, so, Alexander's helped me back off on on my. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a caps lock bar, so I can't do that. Um, but the the level of engagement that I've uh, that I was involved in, say on Facebook a few years ago, compared to now, is very very different. I don't get caught up in you know arguing with somebody who's diametrically opposed and. And you know, pointing out, you know, you lost the argument when you called me a name because had <laughs> homonym attacks or the da da da, you know. Uh, uh, and now I either have a thoughtful conversation or I don't enter it. Like if somebody goes, "Oh yeah, he's a poopy hat," da, da da da, I just I I just scroll on by, just let it go, and ah. it feels so much better to be me <laughs> without that kind of stress inside me. Yeah, that, uh, that's great.
0: And I mean, and there can be times when you choose that this is worth engaging and you can do it in a more conscious w- way or a, a choiceful mm-hmm. would, way. Um, yes. um, I'm thinking this is one of the things that Alexander Technique brings to people who study it is they you are more aware of how the things, anything that you do affects your whole mm-hmm. being. Yes. And so it helps you then make more helpful choices and what you might do some of the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some of know, the time. right? Yeah.
1: And that's so. that's really what it's about. You know, just keep coming back to it. We're we're human beings. Most of the time we're going to be off course. I like to think of it like the um, like with sailing, of course, um, you know, you have a, a, a course that you want and you set out for it. But most of the time you're not actually on it. So, you just keep constantly making sh- small adjustments every time you notice you're a little off course. Oh, right. I'm a little off course. Let me come back That's to where really I need interesting.
0: To go. Oh, I love that analogy because it's just like oh when I notice, then I can bring myself
1: back, but you're not mm-hmm. like um, yeah focus you can't on sta- that. you can't stare at the compass or the captain'll <laughs> lean down and and give you a funny look' because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can tell you're you're not doing you know mm-hmm. you're not focusing on what's ahead uh so yes it's a really good metaphor um and and yeah the the next point about removing toxic influences so let's go to that that's number three removing toxic influences. (laughs) which you know i just described one in in a way Mm -hmm. um i didn't remove anybody or anything from my life i just changed how i related to those particular kind of posts that you know would normally tick me off or the kind of people and and i have to say laughter yoga helps uh you know it helps me laugh at it now you know i just go mm-hmm. "Oh, people <laughs> and you know, move on and it feels really good so that's so, kind of a
0: bit of changed your relationship to that as that way that you might have responded mm-hmm. in the and, past. and like yeah. you said
1: I, I i i you know i'm a i'm a trauma awareness activist um and so you know by nature i'm somebody who uh uh has a lot of emotions and has a lot to say and a lot to express um and i find that because i'm not you know being the keyboard warrior oh i have time to do other things that actually have a positive effect on Mm. other people and help spread the word about trauma and and the need for awareness so um it's making me more effective and gosh that's a lot more satisfying than a momentary dopamine hit yeah, absolutely so
0: as far as removing other toxic influences um, I know you've mentioned news before like mm-hmm. not you know um, not following the news 24/7. yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well if you if you have the TV on in your house as a as a background noise and you've got it on the news channels you're bringing into your house um, Uh, stories that are chosen for uh, their emotional impact, brought to you by people who are doing everything they can to peak your emotional tie-in, because that's how they sell you to the advertisers who pay their big salaries. (laughs) So, um, take a hard look at at anything like that, that you're bringing into your house, that you're uh, kind of using as a, a habit and, mm-hmm. and notice what kind of effect it's having on you and decide, is this, is this what I wanna cultivate in me? Because don't ever underestimate the power of influence of anything in your environment.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, good, we better move on. I knew this was probably
0: gonna be a bit of <laughs> <Yes>. a longer one. <laughs> <while. laughs> so uh, number four is uh, connect with others, which is more challenging right now, but mm-hmm. um, more important as well to do it in safe ways. So what are you
1: suggesting? Uh, Well, safety first, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately, uh, there's no better time to be in a pandemic because we have uh, alternatives to in person meetings. Um, Of course, in person is the best if we can. Um, I haven't seen my kids since Christmas, and I'm not sure I'll see them before um, September. Uh, So that's really hard for me. But we have all kinds of apps that we can use. Even uh even a text message can help uh resource us when you get a text message from your kid and and it's got a picture of her little herb garden that she just replanted and she's so excited because she got lavender and it, you know, it just makes you feel good inside.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm from England and uh t- my two best friends in the world are in England and just getting little texts from them. Uh, we do video chat, but It just really helps it helps us we feel connected and and, Mm then you know yeah Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. and video is is wonderful in its ways if you mindful Mm -hmm. of how you use it and and the the pitfalls we've been seeing articles about zoom burnout Mm -hmm. uh uh, one-on-one things like we're doing here are probably the best because we can actually understand that we're making eye contact with each other and, and the pictures are big enough we can see each other and pick up on all the uh facial uh changes that that give us cues and help us read each other's uh neurobiology and the phone as well works works quite well uh especially if you're not comfortable with video Mm -hmm. um my favorite thing is to meet up with somebody you know outside Mm -hmm. Uh, i saw a friend yesterday drop some things off for her and she was in her drive in her garage at the far end and i was outside and we're like hi it was really nice yeah
0: actually see her in person um, number five we'll for the last one access the support you already have
1: um, that's a really important thing to look, look <laughs> around and think about what support you have uh, the people um, the the resources that you can tap into like Alexander Technique mm-hmm. um, and uh, to lead into our little exercise, um, your, your actual the environment that you're in can offer you a lot of support if you want that perspective, if you wanna take that perspective. I like it because, uh, um, well, like I said before, my place is is made to support me. This is all, you know, all the decorative items, et cetera, are things that make me feel good. Um, but also I like the idea of the, um, some Native American uh, cultures believe that everything is, is alive and related to us. And I think, wow, if I grew up you know, believing that you know the, the creek was my sister and the trees were my brothers, I'd never feel alone or lonely or unconnected. And, and I think having a, a sense of place and support from that place can, can help, help us feel a little less unconnected in these times.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So I was going to just do a little brief um, exercise, if you like, or a little guided something, (laughs) Um, um, using the idea of um, taking note of the ground or the physical support that we have, being aware of the space around us. And I might not be thinking in the way you're thinking about it as um, noting the, f- it's a kind of a much more, um, like when I'm noticing the space, I'm actually thinking about the space rather than the things in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's related, and I think what they both do which is helpful to anyone who's feeling stress is it brings you here now in the present because stress is basically when we're going over something from the past or we're catastrophizing or worrying about something that we think may be going to happen in the future. (laughs) And so having moments where we're actually present um, helps interrupt that, right?
1: Yes, and it helps build the kind of nervous system we want to have when we come out of this. Yeah.
0: So I just thought this will take one minute, if that, maybe less. Um, But if everyone or anyone who is, and see, there's a few people watching with us, but anyone watching the replay too, just wherever you are right now, if you just notice your contact with the surface that is supporting you, the ground under your feet, the chair that you're resting on, bed, couch, whatever it is for you. And then the thought that I think is helpful, you can think, is I am free to accept the support of the ground. The ground is there supporting you. And then expand your awareness to the space around you. There's the space in front of you, between you and this screen, and the space beyond the screen, which may be (laughs) mind-blowing. Mine is. Yeah, the space behind you, the space to the right and left of you, the space above you, space below you. And just having that awareness of the space helps us also be more spacious in ourself which is letting go of the contraction that comes with tension so you can think to yourself i am free to be aware of the space all around me so um you've got the ground and you've got the space and i think that's a really um beautiful pairing that you can just come back to in any moment it can be much briefer than what we just did, did, did it um, even just, I mean, you're very, very familiar with this, um, but did that shift things in the moment where we kind of stopped?
1: Yes, of um, course. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So it, it, it,
1: it, um, it always brings me back to the here and now and helps me feel more embodied. Um, and, and I, I I'd noticed that I was noticing the space and the things yeah. <laughs> because and, you taught me, you know, about the space. But but through, you know, my my traumatic uh, traumatic experiencing, <laughs> somatic experiencing. <laughs> <laughs> Therapy. Those up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've added another layer to it with, you know, recognizing the, the connection between me and the person who made you know, this object that that I love and the person behind it um that that helps me build a sense of safety inside
0: that's interesting and the um what we touched on last time um is this idea of noticing ease um which is really key to my work um and this is a relative thing it's it's just something that it's really an idea but just tapping into something that might feel a little better might feel good might feel more comfortable than the focus that we normally have and this ties into feeling supported spacious and so i think those things set the tone but i also wanted to bring that back to your first point which was to recognize your feelings um no sorry the second point focusing on things that um invoke a feeling of goodness inside you. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that noticing the ease that is there um, ties into that. And I also think when we're noticing the objects around us that we love and enjoy or support us, there's a sense of ease that that can bring Mm -hmm. too. There's ease in the space. yeah yes
1: and neurobiologically (laughs) of course Um, any time that you are focusing your energy on anything but all the wheels spinning Mm -hmm. you're getting yourself off of that track
0: yeah yeah and that is perfect that you mentioned that because i um we keep thinking of more and more topics that um, we can talk about. But next week, we thought we would get into um, Shay's really delve into the neuroscience and neurobiology of trauma and keeps coming to me and saying, oh, well, look, this is this is what we do when we're in the Alexander class and we're doing this. (laughs) Um, So I, I find these tie ins to some of the things we're doing, how they tie into how um the neuroscience is speaking about it fascinating so we'll just sort of um get into that
1: okay i'm ready you know (laughs) it's one of my favorite things to talk about how alexander's in line with with what we know in modern neuroscience it's just it's so exciting yeah um so thank you for um
0: all of you have uh, joined us today or who are watching on the replay. Um, if you're interested in my way of working and the little um, exercise we did with the ground and the space piqued your, instru- ugh, piqued your interest, um, I have a free Facebook group called the Body Intelligence Community and um, We go into things like this and every Thursday I guide what I call a little power pause and use ideas like this to just help you stop and be present for a minute or two um, and, and get a little bit more at ease in yourself.
1: I like the power pauses because even if I miss one, which I usually do because I don't know, Facebook doesn't tell me it's time. But I can go go to it any time, you know, go, oh, I could use a power pause right now. Let me let me uh, turn on image in here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: So well, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, they're there um afterwards for, you know, if you really wanted to, you could go back in the video archives of the group and you'd have a PowerPoints for every day for a long I've been doing for them for two or three years every Thursday so all right thank you so much Jay for doing these conversations with me and I am looking forward to our next one
1: thank you Imogen it's always okay. a pleasure
0: I'm looking yeah forward to it too. okay take care thank you okay bye bye-bye, bye-bye.